You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mike Yeh. God bless football, Stugatz. I'd like to commend Mike Yeh on wearing his Yankees hat because I know that this is God bless football, but oh man, Yankees fans are not happy right now and they want Aaron Boone fired, like want him gone. Why? They have a winning record, don't they? Brian Cashman needs to go. Brian wow. Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's all right. Brian Cashman needs to go. Aaron really? Boone's all right. Because everybody says Aaron Boone mismanages the game. He doesn't know how to handle a pitching staff. He mismanages the bullpen. And they blame him for everything. But you're saying that Cashman is the one that needs to go. Listen, this is God bless football. So I'll save this for God bless baseball. But what what has Brian Cashman done with the resources the Yankees have that you and I couldn't have done? Hmm. They're 17 and 15, Mike. They're 32 games into the season. Brian it's a Cashman long season. needed to go a decade ago. <laughs> but they're, they're also last place in the American League East, and they're nine games out of the league. <laughs> I'm so. leaving that part out. Yes. <laughs> but still a winning record, Billy. In any other division, they'd be in first or second place, I believe. You know? Mm. It's not uh, terrible. They, well, they still wouldn't make the playoffs right now, so. Yeah. In their division, but in any other division, they'd be a good baseball team. But if, if the playoffs started today, they're out. Yeah, I'm tired of Yankee fans. I'm serious. <laughs> you really? Should be. 
I mean, should be spoiled, but I, no one has done more winning, won more championships, had more great players, have more numbers retired in their outfield, have all this stuff written about them, get all this attention than the New York Yankees. No sports team, period, in the history of sports, and yet all they do is complain about a fire cashman who's done nothing but win since he's been there. Um, nothing. It's been a while since he's won. I miss Jabba. Wow. <laughs> you do? Yes. You got, he backed me up. How do yeah. you feel? No, I don't think he would. You think he would publicly bash Brian Cashman? I'm positive he would. Hmm. Okay. Huh. We should probably get a show. If going. only, if only we started a show. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the Mets, Stugatz? Uh, I feel fine. Like, you know, the Braves are difficult. I didn't expect the Marlins to be this good. I know the Phillies are a lot better uh, than, than how they started here, but... You know, I feel fine. We're sitting at second place, six games out, 500, waiting to get some guys healthy. Uh, we'll see what happens here, you know? Well, Baseball's that, a weird sport. Well, you got Verlander. Yeah, by the way, the Yankees would be in second place in that division, okay? Well, I was going to ask you, because if you complained about the Mets and you were just saying the Yankees are fine, it's like the Mets are only one game worse than the Yankees right now. And everybody <laughs> considers the Mets season a huge disappointment so far. I know, but we're we're thirty two games into a hundred and sixty two game season. Like, yeah. kind of give it some. How do you feel about the Marlins? You should feel great. You should feel great. Uh yeah, no, it's been it's been a good season for the Marlins so far, and they're treading water. And they they're you know Sandy Alcantara, their Cy Young award winning pitcher, has not been good this year. So hopefully he turns it around. They've had injuries. They have some people playing that probably shouldn't be playing every day, but. It's fine. But I'm also not a Yankees fan or a Mets fan that has this ridiculous expectation for the season headed into it. No, that's why I'm saying you should feel great because for, you know, $200 million less, you have the same record as the New York Mets, you know? Oh, I mean, probably more than that, right? The Mets aren't the Mets like close to four hundred million or something this I, year. I think it's they're absurd. I think they're just above four hundred. I don't know where oh the Marlins God. are at. So you think the Marlins are over two hundred? It's not even close. I, I thought the Marlins were right around a hundred, weren't they this year? They might be. I think I think they might be. Let's something see. like that. Hold on, four hundred minus one hundred. Hey, it was yeah. quick math. I, I mean, I'm not Mike Golick, okay? <laughs> 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 who claims to be the best ever at uh, at quick math, right? And then he lost to so the first person we put him in a quick math contest with. Uh, uh, what is the payroll? Do you the have a bill? payroll? No, I yeah. stopped looking. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, because I thought that we were just moving on from that. Let's see. MLB payrolls 2023. God bless football. Yeah. God uh, bless football. Yeah. yeah, the Mets. Here on Spotrack, it says that the Mets are 345. Okay. Let's scroll. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. I might be right here, Mikey. Eh? You might have to apologize. Nah. Yeah. Marlins are at 97, it says. See? $250 million less. Fifty. Yeah. Is that exactly That's what I said? You no, said you said 200. It doesn't matter. That was close. Closer and than you it, thought, Mikey. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what. You give me the difference, and we'll see if it's close. <laughs> but just a quick than you fifty thought. million off. Closer than you thought, though. At least give me that. No. No. <laughs> Mikey, how much money do you think? Like, if if like Stugatz was like a money fairy, and he came and he just gave you like a amount of money, how much do you think? Like, if he were given a lump sum of money right now, after tax, or I guess tax free. You'd be set for life. Like, you'd be good. That Stu Gotts would give me or just in general? 
It's just in general. Like, what oh, do you think the smallest, the like smallest amount of money? Like, tax, like, like, like a lump amount. sum tax-free amount of money that would make Mike EA good for the remainder of the life? The smallest amount. Right. But why am I giving it to him? Well, just, you know, whatever. You're not. You're, you're giving me a bottle of wine somebody gave you. Um, okay. I'm going to go between five and ten. Million? I'd be all right. Yeah. Wow. So if someone gave you like three mil, you wouldn't be like, I'm good. Not for life, no. Mm. I got I got two kids Why, live in Connecticut. How long do you think I'm taxes? Billy, do you think you're set on three million dollars? I think if someone gave me three million dollars right now, tax free, I could make it work. I mean, I'd probably still work and do stuff, but I could live comfortably if someone just gave me three million dollars for the rest of my life. I mean, you have a wife, you have a kid, you have do. dogs. You could, you yeah. think you can make it work? I'm saying I would, I would keep working, but I, if I had three million dollars just sitting there, like I oh, sure. well, that's different. That's different. If I'm still working, I mean, not that I'm getting paid or anything. See, but I think it, it has. I think the question has to be posed as the amount that allows you to live the way you want to live while not working, right? Which is like for me, I think I could make it work on ten million dollars if I invested it wisely. Well, you live a different lifestyle than the rest of us. Like, I like you don't understand how many years' salary ten million dollars is. Like, it'd be multiple lifetimes, probably. No, I understand, but that amount, if I could, if if someone just gave me ten million and said you can't work again, could you make that work? Yeah, yeah. I'd invest that into some munis, some tax-free bonds, get a steady flow of income every single year, put the rest of the stock market a little bit in real estate, and boom, I'd be fine. It also seems like you could lose that ten million very easily with that plan. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I probably would. Hmm. On, the, on the Jets, minus three and a half. <laughs> I've How been you... losing that game my entire life. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, some somewhat of football happenings since we last did this? Aaron Rodgers has kind of been everywhere, just being the bell of the ball in New York, sitting courtside and rinkside at every game. Everywhere there's a camera, Aaron Rodgers is there with the teammates, showing what a nice guy he is and how easy he is to get along with. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the deal, right? He left Green Bay, came to New York. Why, you don't like it, Billy? Are, are no, you saying you don't saying... like him being everywhere? Like, Billy, he has nothing to do for 19 years, and now he has options. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's those teams in other cities. Like, he would go to Bucks games. Wouldn't he sit courtside at Bucks games a lot? Or yeah. sometimes? Yeah, Wisconsin basketball games, some football but games as well. This is a different Aaron Rodgers. Like, we no longer have the mullet that he had last year. Like, he went to, like, you know, super cuts or whatever, and he got, like, a fresh haircut, combed <laughs> over to the side. He's been on his best behavior so far. No kind of yeah. like, hey, I was, you know, sitting in this hut somewhere, and I was thinking about this thing. Let me tell everybody what I was thinking about. You know what I mean? Right. He's trying to fit in. Broadway like, Raj. Know, yeah, like a new school or something like that. Yeah. I don't mind it, Mikey. Do you mind him being, you know, he's at with Sauce Gardner at a Nick game. I think that's good bonding. He took Sauce to the game. Uh, he went to a Ranger game the night before that. I'm certain he'll be at the next Knicks home game. I'm I'm kind of, and Billy's right. He's not, he's not saying anything dopey. He's not doing anything ridiculous. His hair looks fantastic. He looks like a younger man, but you're good with that, right? I would say this, if he wasn't doing those things, we'd be killing him for not doing like, oh, he doesn't even try and be part of the, the yeah. New York community. So like, right. go ahead, do it. Enjoy. Go yeah. to free games. I'm yeah, wondering, though, like, did we turn it up a little bit at the end there to like kind of like this? This person's a wild card. We just need to kind of move on. Uh, yeah. Let's do like a Aaron, game. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers played quarterback in Green Bay for 18 years with 
with barely a controversy. I mean, seriously. Like, maybe he hasn't conducted his business off the field in a way that people want him to, but Aaron Rodgers has played that game at the highest level without barely any off-the-field issues. So I think, yes, we kind of blew it up at the end. Don't you, Mikey A.? And just in terms of what kind of personality Aaron Rodgers has, um, we did. I know we did. Of course we did. Of course we did. It's what we do. Yes. It is. It's what we do, Billy. <laughs> I'm not saying we. I'm saying was he misbehaving to kind of like force his way out, like to try to like rattle some cages and be like, I, you know, look at what a malcontent I am. Get rid of me. Let me go. I think so. Yeah, because yeah, he wanted to get out of there, and he figured that was his only way out while also – Billy, he wanted to get out of there. He didn't care who he pissed off inside the organization. I think he wanted to get out of there and still maintain whatever status he has with, with the Green Bay fan base, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think Green Bay loves him, don't you? Do you think Green Bay is mad know. at him right now? I think they were they were fine with him leaving. Now, no, but like, I'm saying I'm saying the fans. You think the fans are fine with him leaving? Yeah, I think give it like five years, and they'll be like, oh hey, and he'll be like beloved again. It'll be like the whole Brett Favre thing, right? Where like they hated him when he left, especially when he went to Minnesota, and then when he finally like came back, he like you know was beloved again. They retire his number, that whole thing. But there's gonna uh, be some, I think there's gonna be some time in between. Yeah. Now, Favre did go out. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He made it to an NFC Championship game, won an MVP with the Vikings, but never won a Super Bowl. If Rodgers wins a Super Bowl or two, <laughs> I'm getting greedy, Mike. Yeah. If he, but you think he's going to be welcome back at Green Bay? I mean, Favre didn't do any damage once Favre left Green Bay. He didn't damage Green Bay is what I'm trying to say. Trying to, plus, they landed. They went right from Favre to Aaron Rodgers, so they had a great young quarterback. If Jordan Love's not good, I don't know. We still have to wait for this book to be written, you know? He, you said he didn't do any damage. He literally did everything he could to go to their division rival yeah. just to beat them. Yeah, like, I know, but he so didn't. Many- but he didn't. And they had Aaron Rodgers, and they knew it was the right decision. If Jordan Love stinks, Mikey, they're not going to be happy with that. Jordan Love needs to be good for everyone in Green Bay to be okay with that, you know? I think. So the Jets do not play the Packers this year, which is unfortunate because that would have been incredible had they played them. Maybe if, if Aaron's still around next year, I, I would love to see the Jets go to Lambeau and see what the reaction will be for Aaron Rodgers as like a visitor. They, they played they played the yeah. Packers this year, so they probably won't Last play year. them for at least two, three years. Yeah, Man, right. he'll be yeah. retired by then. I think Aaron with a couple of Super Bowls, with with three consecutive Super Bowls. (laughs) Who do we have on the show today, Stugatz? You know, Billy, when you do a show called God Bless Football, I think it's imperative that you have someone named Lombardi on the show occasionally, even if they're not related to Vince. (laughs) So Mike Lombardi is going to join us. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality great taste only 96 calories it's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most a light beer that tastes like beer 
You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. As I stated earlier, you can't do a show called God Bless Football and not have someone with the last name Lombardi on the show, even if they're not related to Vince. Okay, so Mike Lombardi joins us. He is the host of the GM Shuffle on Vissin, also the Lombardi line on Vissin. He has a long storied, great history uh, in the NFL, has worked for Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick, Al Davis, some of the all-time greats, and he joins us. Uh, right now on God Bless Football. The last name Lombardi, has that been a burden for you or a blessing? Well, you know, originally it was Smith, and and I figured since I wanted to get in football, why not change it, you know? I had a big nose and I had olive skin, so I figured it could blend in. And uh, no, it's actually been, you know, he gave me direction. I, I think, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, how many people watched the Beatles or Elvis on Ed Sullivan and got inspired to go do something, right? And I saw this guy on television and I got inspired to do something to go into football. And and it's been a great, great, great uh, part of my career, even though I'm not related. I've gotten fortunate to meet his son and his, his grandchildren. So I feel really blessed about it. I think I want to change my last name to Lombardi. I mean, mm. <laughs> Billy, yeah. what do you think? We should all change our names to Lombardi. Yeah. I mean, so it's we... a common Italian name. I mean, <laughs> it really is. You can do it with a Y and get away with it. You can do it with an I. You know, and so I I, uh, I just felt like he, you know, I connected and his story was powerful. My son actually went to Fordham. I wanted to go to Fordham just to be like him, but they didn't have football. So I had to go to Hofstra. So guys, Mike Lombardi you- is with us here on God Bless Football. I texted you before you came on. What are you into? What are you passionate about right now? And you said the NFL. Everything yeah. about it. <laughs> it's been my life. You know, it's been my life since I was uh, – since I got my first job in 84 with coach working, being coach Walsh's gopher, you know, it's been my whole life. It's been my passion. And and I've been fortunate to be able to, to, to work for some of the greats and learn from them. And that's what I wrote about the book. Gridiron genius is really not about me. It's about the people I work for. So I love it. My two sons are in the league now and uh, it's part of our family. What'd you learn from Bill Walsh? Oh, my God. I, you know, every day I can't imagine without – I don't think about him. I think the one thing that, that always resonates with me about Coach Walsh is he used to say, if we're all thinking alike, no one's thinking. And so he was very divergent in thought. If you go back – and I wrote this for my next book called Football Done Right. When he was in his little office in Cincinnati and he was the coach of an expansion team, instead of trying to be like everybody else and run the ball out of two backs, he decided to really throw short passes – and that evolution became the West Coast offense. So being divergent in thought, thinking, seeing things and saying, wait a minute, that, that might not seem right and not going down the mainstream of what everybody thinks. I think that would be one of the most powerful lessons. And then secondly, to study leadership. I mean, he forced me to study leadership. He, we were sitting in a car one day and he asked me who Tom Peters was. And I said, coach, I have no idea who Tom Peters is. I thought I was a punter from North Dakota. And he said, well, he just wrote a book called In Search of Excellence. You, you need to go read that book. And and I don't want you to become like a lot of coaches, which are just glorified gym teachers. So that really mattered, that really mattered to me. 
Uh, what were, like, in terms of leadership, what was important to Bill Walsh when it came to lead? Like, what were the keys to being a great leader? Well, the four, there are four areas, right? The first thing, you have to have a plan. What, what is the plan? The second thing is you got to be able to explain the plan to people. The third thing is you got to have a process to get the plan in place. And the fourth thing is you got to be able to be critical of yourself. Those four areas. And when you examine any coach in any sport, when they're not good in those four areas, most of them are good in two. Uh, and then they fall short. The great leaders, the great ones that, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, they're good in all three, if at least three or four. And what, that's one of the projects I wrote. I did a project in 1996 for John Shaw, the St. Louis Rams. It was the greatest thing I ever did in my life. He promised to pay me. He never did. But the rewards were incredible because I learned that those four qualities are what makes great coaches. Uh, John Shaw, sound like someone you guys know? I mean, Promised to pay Lombardi, never did. Mm. <laughs> Mikey, stop shaking your funny. head so much. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. Of the different kind of like, I guess, pillars that you described in in assessing a coach, do you have weighted any one more than the other well, in terms yeah, of I mean, making decisions? That's a good you question. Gotta, you got to have a plan. I mean, I think having a plan and explaining the plan are really critical. But I would say – management of what we call management of self, which is being critical of yourself, being able to say, hey, look, I fucked this up or I screwed this up, right? You got to be willing to say that. I think that's one of Belichick's greatest strengths is like he'll sit there and say, everybody thinks he's not going to admit a mistake. He's probably the first two. Same with Coach Walsh. But they learn from him and they do they do autopsies on their mistakes. So, But I, I, if I had to rank them in order, I would say management of uh, attention, the plan, and then self- and then I would say explaining the plan and then trust. Was Al Davis self-critical? You know, at times he would be. There were two Al, I knew two Al Davises. Uh, the, the early Al Davis from when I first met him in 1986 to, to 2005, he, he was. Later in life when he got sick and he was in a lot of pain, I think, I think that kind of affected him. And I, I don't think he was at that point in his life. So I try to remember the Al Davis pre-2005, the Al Davis right. post-2005. Ooh, that was a rough, rough road now. Uh, nobody want to live that life. Uh, Mike Lombardi is with us, host of GM Shuffle on Vincent Lombardi line as well on, on Vincent. So with those four kind of characteristics in mind, Mike, Who's like the greatest leader you've seen on the sidelines in the NFL? Oh, I think it's Belichick. I, 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 really? I, like you didn't yeah. even hesitate there, man. Uh, because he he defines all four. I read this book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And after I read it, it was about Marcus Aurelius. And after I read it, I didn't know Ryan at the time. I called, I emailed Ryan and said, you just wrote the best book about Bill Belichick anybody ever wrote. Because he is truly Marcus Aurelius in another life. Uh, yeah. I, in my next book, I, I write... I grade all the top coaches, one through 10. I, I think Paul Brown deserves a lot of our attention because he was the infrastructure for coaching. He had all those four qualities as well. You know, a guy that gets really overlooked, Marty Schottenheimer, I worked for him in 1988. Yeah. One of nine men in the world, nine men out of 514 that have won 200 games in the NFL. And yet he can't even get a sniff in the Hall of Fame. Right. Never won the Super Bowl. Did he get fired after losing an AFC Championship game? He did, you know, but you it's know, amazing. I know George Allen never won a Super. I mean, look at Coach Bud. He just got fired up in Milwaukee for not going to the playoff for losing in the first round. Right. I yeah. think expectations are the hardest thing, especially when you win. I mean, think about this, guys. Ron Rivera hasn't had a winning season in five years. Nobody mentions him on the hot seat. If you talk to anybody in Boston, they say if Belichick doesn't win, he's going to get fired. 
Belichick's got six Super Bowls. Ron Rivera's got three winning seasons in his entire coaching career, yet he's not on the hot seat. I think a lot of people, though, and myself included, I'm going to be honest with you, like they look at Belichick's record without Brady, and it's vastly different than the record with Brady. So I think a lot of people just attribute those to Tom Brady. I know I'm one of those people, Mike, and you're going to tell me I'm wrong. I know you are. Let me give you a little fact. Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history, right? Right. The winningest coach in NFL history. He went four straight years with Dan Marino without making the playoffs. True. I mean, so I, I'm not denying Brady's greatness. I love to, I have two Super Bowl rings because of Tom Brady, but I think it takes a partnership. Yeah. Uh, where are those rings, by the way? They're here. Oh, I got two in the safe. I've one for the 49ers that my fingers are too fat to put on. And then there's <laughs> one in, uh, in, in my safe deposit, and I have one here. And then I got a loser ring from the, uh, when we went to, with the Raiders and we lost to the Bucks. Yeah, so, what do you do with the loser ring now? Like you still? I, I mean, I I still think that was important. I I don't know. You know, when you get to the Super Bowl, that, that's a hard thing to get to. You know, it's not an easy. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I hate Shania Twain because she sang at halftime. So I kind of have more resentment towards her than I do that ring. Huh? You think Brady? You think Brady's done? <sighs> yeah, I do because I think the only thing that got him was was family. I mean, he has to be in Miami. He's got to pick up. You know, he's get his kids every two weeks. So. Yeah, I do think he's done. I mean, I don't think he wants to be done, but I think he is done by family. Damn. Is there anything Shania can do to change your opinion of her, or this is just going to be forever? No, No, I have a rule. I mean, when Cat Stevens and Shania Twain come on my radio, we're changing the channel. I mean, I have Springsteen on all the time, but but most of the time, if that goes through, I'm out. I'm out. Hmm. (laughs) Give me your top three Shania Twain songs. I don't even know one. I mean, like, I just remember her sitting there. Like, I want to divorce her from my mind. I can still see her at halftime of that game. I was in, like, are you? I thought it was a bad, I thought it was a Twilight Zone episode. I thought somebody was going to come in and wake me up. It was brutal. Hmm. Have you, uh, well, have you met? That Super Bowl, that was the Barrett Robbins Super Bowl. People, you know, that was the only one of the few Super Bowls that we only had a week in between the games. Right, right. And we were an old team, and we needed that extra week. Yeah. Have you, met, have you met Springsteen? No, no. I've been a hundred. But you're dying to, right? You know, I just got this book. It's called Deliver Me. How many books do you read, Lombardi? A lot. I read a lot. because you got. I, I, but this book, to me, I just got this book. It's about the writing of Nebraska, right? Right. And in it, he describes it perfectly. He says, Springsteen has lived with joy of burden of people wanting his time. The intimacy of his music brings something out of people. He probably had to scrap off hundreds of us just to stay on schedule. That's me. Like, I'm dying to meet the guy. Just would shake his hand. Because really, at the end of the day, if he's not singing Born to Run to Cross Highway 9, and I don't see Lombardi on TV, I'm probably stuck in this town being a baker. You not ask that him- there's anything wrong with bacon. I love a good baker. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Billy. You ask him how much he loves reading or how many books he owns. For whatever reason, Mike, on your Wikipedia, it says you're an avid reader <laughs> with an interest in a biography on Lyndon B. Johnson. Well, that's because a lot of times on my pod, I talk about the great Robert Caro. If yeah. you guys know Robert Caro, he wrote the four, he wrote the uh, all the books on Lyndon Johnson. Incredible writer. He kind of inspired me to write, you know, and, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I love I love Carol. He's coming out with his next book. He's got a documentary coming out it's called Turn Every Page. It's a fascinating story about him and his editor, Robert Gottlieb, who, about how they formed this partnership. Both of the men are 
Gottlieb, I think, is in his 90s, and, and Robert Caro's in his late 80s, and they're trying to finish this volume of Lyndon Johnson. They're on the last part of him and of the of us being in Vietnam and then him retire not running for president and then dying in, in, in Austin. How many books have you I know it's hard to put a number on it, but how many books roughly have you read in your life? I don't know. That's a hard thing to decide. I mean I read quite a bit. I try to read every day. I have a goal to read at least fifty pages a day of something. Oh. And I listen to Audible books too. You know, I just I just was in Vegas for uh, Vison uh, for the last two months, and I drove back across the country. I just got home today to New Jersey, and so I listen to books across the country. You know, and I read novels, and I'll read like I have certain writers that I'll read their their grocery list if they put it out. You know what I like about about Mike Stugatz is that a lot of people their Zoom backgrounds they fill with bookshelves with books that they probably haven't read just to kind of show off how smart they are and show off this massive library of books. <laughs> and here's Mike who reads at least fifty pages a day, not a book in sight. Nope. Yeah, I, I mean I, I I'm fortunate. So I don't know if you guys know who George Raveling is. George Raveling is a guy we yes. I, I write this thing called the Daily Coach every day. Wait, hold on. Billy's questioning whether or not I know who George Raveling is. So I'm going to tell Billy he was a former coach at USC basketball. You also said you know who Robert Caro is, but there's no way. Well, I had to support Mike there. That was a total lie. (laughs) But Raveling, I knew. Go ahead, Mike. We're sorry. I mean, Coach Rav, I I met Coach Rav years ago. Fascinating man. I mean, he was on the stage when Dr. King gave the I Have a Dream speech. And he actually owned the speech. When Dr. King walked off the stage, Coach Rav asked him for a copy of the speech, and he gave it to him. So Rav kind of is one of those people that remind me to read a lot. And and it's been a powerful thing because if you're going to tell a story, whether you're in football or whether you're a leader, whatever, you got to you got to kind of renew your intellectual power while you're going. If you don't, if you you know, it, it, and it, it kind of forces today's today with the way the way that the the people are knowledge is currency so if you don't have knowledge to share nobody's gonna listen to it so you've kind of like studied what it you know what it means or or the qualities that it takes to be a great leader so i just want to throw like the science of leadership essentially mike so i want to just throw a couple of names at you and you tell me give me your evaluation of them as leaders okay okay uh jimmy johnson I think Jimmy was a really good leader. I think he meets all four criteria because Jimmy had a great plan. He had a vision. He could explain his plan, and he was relentless in finding the answers to that plan. I think he was really good, and he was smart, and he was divergent in thought because a lot of people told him to go left, and he went right. You know, you can't hire college coaches. He did. You can't play cover seven. He did. You know, he was told all these things he couldn't do. And he did him. I thought he was great. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. People question whether, you know, his win total deserves him in the Hall of Fame. But I think he deserves to be in there on two parts, as general manager and as head coach. Nick Saban. Nick's all four. I mean, I worked with Nick in Cleveland. You know, we were together there. You could see Nick was going to be a great coach. A great story. Uh, Nick finished second for the Michigan State job. Fran, Fran Dumphy came – Fran uh, – I forget his last name. Fran. Uh, a, no, <laughs> I know Fran. I know Fran too. He was the uh, offense coordinator. Franny Ganner. He was the offense coordinator at Penn State. And and Nick and I, Al Grow, a bunch of us were watching game tape. And Nick went to his office, came back, said, "Ah, oh, man, I didn't get the Michigan State job. They gave it to Franny Ganner. And then two hours later, Ganner turned it down. 
And that's how he became a coach. But we all knew in Cleveland when we watched Nick work, he was going to be great. I think Nick at, in Miami was was a little uncomfortable because he didn't have control of everything. I think, you know, the Drew Brees thing kind of blew him off the off track. Uh, Bill Parcells. Oh, that's, uh, that's my guy. I love Parcells. I think he's great. I mean, there's nobody who could tell a story better than Parcells. And Parcells is really smart. And he can see the game at three thirty-five thousand feet. And when I call him, I learn something every time I talk to him. He is truly just incredible. Mike McDaniel. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> young and learning. I, I think he doesn't quite know who he wants to be. I don't think he's a true leader. I think he's a manager. So managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. Okay. And so, to me, McDaniel's more of a manager. He's running the offense. He's going to let Vic Fangio run the defense. He's going to let a special teams coach run it. And nothing's ever going to be in harmony together because that's not who he is. He's just going to manage the offense. Uh, Robert Sala, this is an important one. Are you a Jet fan, Stu Gus? Uh, me and Mikey A both are, yes. Oh, God. You know what I say about Jet fans, don't you? Yeah, there's a great Dean Martin quote. Dean Martin says, people that don't drink, when they wake up, that's the best they're going to feel all morning. Yeah, I twisted it and said, when Jet fans wake up on Sunday, that's the best they're going to feel all morning. Ouch. However, I would say with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to feel a lot better. I, I mean, I think yes. Sala's a lot like McDaniel, more of a manager. Right. I think punting the ball down the middle of the field to Bill Belichick <laughs> with, with 40 seconds to go in the game might have been the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But, you know, we'll go from there. I mean, it's gonna be, I think a lot of pressure is on him because of how good their team is right now. Right. Uh, Rich Cotite. Sorry, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> how would you like to be Pete Carroll and you got fired for Rich Cotite? Uh, by, Leon Hess, by Leon Hess, one of the wealthiest men in the world, one of the smartest men in the world, fired you so he could hire Rich Cotite. Uh, I, I think if you're Carroll, though, you're feeling, but you, you feel pretty good about it. You went on to Seattle, you won a Super Bowl, you should have oh, won a no, second. I mean, USC, England. right? New England first. Oh, then he went up to New England. He got fired in New England. For, so he's gotten fired from the true spectrum. He got fired from Belichick and he got fired for Rich Cotite. Right. He can't get a wider gap than that. No, nah, it's crazy. What'd you make of, we were discussing right before you came on. Uh, just the way Aaron left Green Bay. Um, and was he trying to annoy the Packers on the way out just to get out because he wanted to get out? What did you make of that entire situation? How did you see that? I thought the divorce settlement was fair for the Packers because essentially this was a divorce, right? I mean, this was truly a divorce. I and mean, no divorce ends clean, right? I think he was felt – I think the underlying guy in this whole thing is Mark Murphy. The, this, the president of the team. Uh, I call him a Mr. Murphy. And so uh, Murphy, you know, hides behind the scenes. It hasn't been since Lombardi. When Lombardi took over the team in 59, the, the board of directors, the president, they all ran the team. It was horrendous. The this Packers were terrible. They had, a lot of, they had 11 future Hall of Famers on the team when Lombardi takes over in 59. And yet when, when, uh, when he gets there, they can't win anything because they had all this interference. It was, and then they changed to the dynamic where the coach, the gene, were going to run football and nobody else was going to be involved. Murphy changed it back that way. And I think Aaron and Murphy never really could get on the same page. So I do think the divorce was kind of like, okay, I'm done with you guys. You lied to me or whatever happened. And that's it. And so, you know, for him to take the $59 million and move it into 24 tells you how badly he wanted to get out. 
Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Mike Lombardi is with us. You were director of player personnel for for several teams for uh, a lot of the all time greats. What's the What's the guy you evaluated that you now that you were proudest of over your time? Oh, I would probably say Charles Haley. That's yeah. how I got involved with Al Davis because you know Bill Walsh and Al were having this kind of back and forth on who was going to find the next great pass rusher, and we found Haley. So I would say Charles Haley. But I think any scout will tell you their mistakes ring truer than anything. You know, like you just, you know, we didn't, when I was in in Oakland, we don't we don't draft Ben Roethlisberger, and he's sitting right there for us. We take Robert Gallery. You know, I'm in Cleveland, and we take Ed King instead of Brett Favre at the top. I think those Oof. are the things that resonate with you more than ever. And a lot of it is because you misevaluate your own team, right? Well, we got Bernie Kosar. We don't need another quarterback. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We got Rich Gannon at the end of his career. Yeah, we need another quarterback, so we don't take Ben. I think those are the things that haunt you the most. They keep you up at night? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, look. Still? Oh, I wake up in the middle of the night. You know, in 96, we're sitting there of the ninth pick overall in the draft. And the morning of the draft, we get a phone call from the league office, a guy named Charlie Jackson, who's the head of security, and basically tells us that Sapp is, Warren Sapp is not, you know, don't take him, it's bad, yada, yada, yada. And we don't. We move down, and we make a horrible pick. We were going to pick either Curtis Martin or Craig Powell. We picked the wrong one, Craig Powell. And the next thing you know, Sapp goes to Tampa, and he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night, and we pick him there at nine, like we should have done, and we would have done. You know, the whole your whole career changes. Mike, uh, you said earlier, obviously, right off the start, that people have it, it's benefited you, I guess, your last name, and especially in football. I'm not saying that you've outright told people that you were related to Vince to get benefits, maybe a reservation, maybe some sort of perk. <laughs> but like, have there been times that like you've gotten it because of that that you haven't stepped in and corrected that? Let's say. Uh, no, I always correct that. But mm. what I do do is I wear the Super Bowl rings to get good reservations. That that, that moves nice. mountain. Right. You, well, that's when you just way. show up to the restaurant without you a reservation. Show up, show up with, with rings. Yeah. yeah, you're going to get into Craig's in Hollywood. You're going to get into everywhere. You're going to get anywhere you want. You get you put that ring on. You got a really good chance. I, I've never really. I've always been trying to have my own career and not try to rely on someone's other name. So yeah, but the ring goes a long, long way. But have you ever called a place and said it's Mike Lombardi and they like maybe they didn't have a reservation and they're like, well, hey, are you related to Vince? And you say no every single time because you need to start saying yes. No, I say no, I'm Mike. I'm Mike. No, hey, hey, the last name's Lombardi. You figure it out. That's a good one. I should have done that one. Right. I thought you were going to ask me a bunch of questions about the Sopranos with with the name of Stu Gatz. I thought for sure that's where you <laughs> uh, We'll get to that next time, okay? We're, yeah, sure. we're, we're, we're slowly bringing you in to God Bless Football here, okay? But what, what we want you to do is turn you over to the dark side. So next time you get pulled over by a cop, you <laughs> hand them the license, and he says, related to Vince, you say, you bet your fucking ass I am. I will do that. Yeah. Usually when I get pulled over, well, last time I got pulled over was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The cop pulled me over and recognized me from working at NFL Network, and I helped him do his fantasy draft for two years, and we won it. What? Wait, what? (laughs) What? What an amazing story. This is a true story. I'm driving down the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I'm on the phone with my wife, right? She can verify And I said, oh, shit, the cop's going to pull me over. And she's just happier and shit because she knows I was going to get caught for speeding at some point, you know. Oh, good for you, you know. So I pull over, show the guy my driver's license. He said, you want NFL Network? I said, yeah. 
He said, hey, can you help me with my fantasy football league? I said, here's my email. You got it. We won the league two years in a row. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, how long? Okay. But how long do you feel like you need to keep helping this guy for? I think I, when I went back in the league, I changed emails. So I think I lost them. Like now oh. I'm on the last. Now I'm on my last email. So like I'm done. I'm on my last cell phone number and my last email. I'm on the I'm on the last part of life here. Wait, what does that mean? You're never going to change either. <laughs> I'm yet. not changing my email no more. And I'm not changing my cell phone. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Why would you change emails so often? Well, because like what happens is you go to it, like you start working for a team and then you don't check that email and then it goes, yeah. you know, and then you got all the spam. Sh- you know, it's like, no, I'm done. You're done, right? <laughs> Are you on AOL? Is that- <laughs> no, I'm not. My wife is actually, can you believe that? I am too. So is Levitard, by the way. <laughs> so is Bill Simmons. I think he is too. He is. <laughs> Mike, you're only 63. Like, you're not old enough to just have given up on life I'm already. Done. No, I'm done. That's it. I'm fucking done. I'm over. Like, no more cell phones. That's it. You know, like, I don't even want to go up to the iPhone 14, but, you know, the battery dies. On he the doesn't want to upgrade. Yeah, I don't even want that. Like, I'm pretty good. If his email gets a virus, don't don't resuscitate it. <laughs> yeah. Just leave it. Leave it to yeah. die. Do not, there's a Sopranos episode. Do not resuscitate right there. Lombardi, next time you're on, I want to do uh, Sopranos with you and just things that you're tired of that you're not changing. Like, because you're too <laughs> There's old. A lot of that shit, I can tell you that. You, get, you know, you've got to go through it. Like, you kind of know. Well, I think writing the book kind of was the greatest for me. It was like, it gave me personal freedom where I don't really give a shit anymore. You right. know, like, I just say what I say. I don't really care. You know, I care about being right. I care about being honest, but I don't care about if I ruffle feathers, I don't want to be like those guys on the worldwide leader that sit there and everybody, I mean, we just got through the draft. Was there a bad pick in the entire fucking draft? (laughs) Was there one bad pick? I mean, you know, I mean, Mel was upset. Somebody took somebody before he said it was okay. But other than that, like (laughs) it was, you know, like it was no big deal. Like, come on. They're not all great. Yeah. Who was a bad one? Give us a bad one. Like you just sat there, you're watching the draft, and Mike Lombardi's like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I can't believe that team did that. I, I thought Detroit taking Gibbs that early was from a t- – I think you crit- criticized drafts for more team building. Like Atlanta, they had two really good running backs. What are they – Bijan? how are you going to get them on the field, right? We're not playing seven on seven here. Like you got to block and tackle. you got three defensive linemen all over 40 years – uh, 30, four defensive linemen over 30. Like, we got to stop somebody. Like, Walsh used to say this all the time. You need 11 good players on defense. You don't need 11 good players on offense. You need 11 on defense. And that got and that gets lost. I think the draft is about team building. Who gets it? The Eagles. All they do is draft offensive and defensive linemen. It's not sexy, but it gets them where they got to go. Yeah. Well, they have the quarterback. That helps, though. I mean. They drafted him in the second. They developed him. I mean, you can do – I mean, I think they kind of got it going. And But Lori – understands the value of offensive and defensive alignment. Sure. Uh, Billy is dying to do draft grades. Well, no, you. I think I mean, Mike wants to do draft grades is the, is the vibe I'm <laughs> no, getting from I, I this. Don't, I, don't, I never do draft grades. Panthers. I do mock drafts. I think those are the two things. I mean, some kid sitting in this fucking basement doing a mock draft in his underwear. I mean, like, seriously. Can, can you give us a grade, though, on the Panthers? Eagles. Though? It's important. It's important. I love, the, the I love Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is going to be great. And I think the Panthers are really a good team. If you go back and watch him last year when Darnold came in, Mayfield was horrible. But when Darnold started to play after they got through P.J. Walker and and that, Darnold, they ran the ball really – I mean, they ran for 350 yards against Detroit. 
you know, and they beat Tampa in Tampa if J.C. Horn's healthy. I mean, Mike Evans scores three touchdowns in that game, all on deep throws because they didn't have a corner to cover them. J.C. Horn plays, they, they would have. I think they're a better team than the first pick overall in the draft. And I think Bryce Young's special. I think he's got what we call it. You know, there's certain players in sports that have it. And, and it really comes down to memory. If you ever spend time talking to uh, any great player, they can go over any game. I'll tell you a great story. Bill Russell was getting ready to turn 86 years old. His wife didn't know what to buy him for his birthday. So she found this YouTube clip of the 54 San Francisco game against LaSalle championship, NC2HA, I think 56. And she buys the video and they put it up on the screen. And he was able to, he went through every single play of that game like it was yesterday. Like that's like that memory. Jordan will remember everything about it, yeah. right? That's Bryce Young. You, the great players have that. That's the it factor. They know, they see things on the field that nobody else sees, and they react to it quicker than everybody. I think he's uh, going to be really good. Quickly, Mike, this has been great. We'll play some games next time, okay? Sopranos, things you're tired of, uh, Davis, Bill Walsh, or, or Belichick. We'll get to all that next time because there will be a next time because you've been fantastic. Uh, GM Shuffle, check him out. Uh, Lombardi Line, both those shows on Vincent. Uh, Lamar Jackson, did he make all the people who said he needed an agent, did he make them look like fools? Uh, I don't know. I think he probably cost himself a little bit of money for sure. But, you know, he got paid and good for him. And he doesn't have to pay the 10% or 5%. I think, you know, he could have drove the market even further, but it worked out. I'm happy. My son coached him at Louisville. I'm happy for the kid. I really am. I love the kid. You don't win 45 games in the NFL and have people calling you like you're not good enough. I mean, give me a break. Right. I mean, 45 wins. This guy's a legitimate player. He is. Uh, this has been great. Been a lot of fun. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, uh, the GM Shuffle and Lombardi Line, both on Vincent. He's part of uh, the whole team here at the DraftKings Network. So, uh, Mike Lombardi, thank you. Again, there will be another time, multiple times, we'll have thank you on. You. And we'll talk uh, We'll talk some Springsteen and some stories about Walsh and Belichick. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Stu Gatz here for my friends over at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boost, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you are new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. I love bonus bets. Who doesn't? The conference semifinals have some great matchups. You have the Knicks and Pacers in the East. You have the Nuggets and T-Wolves in the West. Oh, it is just getting good. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code LAF. That's code LAF for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. All right, Billy, I enjoyed Mike Lombardi. I think we need to teach Lombardi a few things here, how to use that last name a little bit better. Um, And really just, you know, there's a free upgrade on the phone. I don't care if you're 62, 82, 92. Take the free upgrade on the phone, man. What's the matter with him? (laughs) I'm with you. Like, it's a hassle, but, like, if it's free. You know what I found out what happened to me is that, like, I don't remember what model it was, but I had, like, a... I want to say like an iPhone like 11 or something, right? I'm like him in that I had like an iPhone 6 
and then I just had an iPhone 6 forever. Right. And then it was by like 11. And then Where are the iPhones at right now? Just quick, do do you know? Like what's the latest? 14? 14. Okay, I think so we're you're by at 14, 11. But there was okay. like an X in there at some point that I think replaced the number was the X at 10. I don't know. Then there's like S's and C's of different versions of the iPhones. It's a whole confusing thing. But I was at like a 6 for a while and then finally I upgraded to like an 11, right? And then I was at, a, at an 11 for a little bit. And then we were just kind of like going through like the bills, right? Of what we were paying for like the phone and this and that. And then there was a promotion where I would get a 13 for less money than I was still paying for the 11. And I'm like, okay, I think that now we're going to upgrade to the 13 because it will cost me less to have the latest version of the phone than this phone that is now like three years old, which was like completely bizarre. <laughs> But I don't want to arrive at an age where I'm not taking free upgrades. Like the Barty's giving up on life. I, mean. I don't. I still don't understand why he changes emails so often. Like, does he not? He should just keep the same personal email, right? I understand. Like, if he's not going to use like his team emails anymore, obviously you don't work for the team. But like, just keep one personal email, and then you should be fine. Yes, uh, Billy. I was also thinking. I mean, you're trying to win this daily DK uh, fantasy thing we do every single week during the football season. I mean, oh. Lombardi won it for a cop. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I mean, so for two years, he just stayed in contact with a cop that pulled him over one time. We never, by yeah. the way, got to the bottom. I, I got to be honest with you. I just take the ticket, pay the fine, and I move on my way. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't need two years with a cop, you know? <laughs> well, he was very unclear as to whether or not he paid the ticket, which I'm sure he got out of the ticket, obviously, if he was helping this guy with the draft, which seems like – Ethic, ethically not something that the cops should be doing is like letting people get off on tickets if they help them with the fantasy draft. But then he dragged that out for two years, which seems like a long time. Let me ask you this. Do you think that maybe like all of a sudden he stops checking that email, the cops emailing him like, hey, what are we doing this year? Yeah. And he doesn't respond. Now there's an APB in Pennsylvania out for Mike Lombardi. Like, like you're not going to just get two years and get out of this. Well, that's the question now. Does he avoid those roads altogether to avoid the cop? Like, is, are there just parts of the country that Mike Lombardi no longer visits via car because he's afraid of running into this person? Are you saying that cop is on that same road every day, that same stretch of road looking for Mike Lombardi <laughs> to pull over? Pulling anyone over that looks partially like Mike Lombardi. And Lombardi has stopped using those roads? Yeah. I think he no longer visits Pennsylvania or wherever it is that he said that he was stopped. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, like, there's Mike, there's a great work opportunity. You, get, you know, you just got to fly in, fly out, or you fly into, like, a neighboring area. You just drive in. He's like, oh, how long is the road? What, what routes do we need to take from the airport to get there? Like, oh, I can't. Can't go to Pennsylvania. If, if his resume is on ZipRecruiter, are you telling me there are certain states where he says, I will not work? I think that he has said, like, yeah, the last time I was in Pennsylvania, it cost me two years of my life working on fantasy drafts for a guy to win a league. I can't do it anymore. To get out of an $80 The guy won't even ticket. update his phone or his email. You think he wants to commit two years to joining a fantasy league of a stranger again? <laughs> but are you going to use Lombardi for your fantasy league? That's all I want to know. I don't know. Maybe. Are we going to have him around more often? I liked him. He was good. I liked him as well. Yeah. yeah, he was good. Uh, I think we should have him on again. I do. I feel like you're you going to bother him. Well, okay, so here's the thing now, because you have someone that you pay to do your fantasy leagues in Inferno, right? Yes. But it yes. seems like Lombardi is a cheaper off 
option if he basically took two years of running someone's fantasy team for like let's say two hundred dollars or whatever the ticket was i'm sure you pay inferno more than that well inferno gets so inferno only does baseball with me okay now he went to penn he graduated wharton he's like a numbers guy and so he loves but he will not do fantasy football it is too easy for him like it's too it's there's too much luck involved he does he hates that so with baseball, he loves it because it's 162. It's players you never heard of. It's, you know, steals, runs, a lot of different, you know, categories as well. He won't do basketball. He gets a percentage of the winnings. I got Inferno to be my GM 10 years ago, I think. We have won the baseball league seven times in the 10 years that he's been involved. And this is a big money league. So Inferno has been well compensated. Um, I feel like football is so random. It doesn't matter if you have Mike Lombardi. I don't know if it will help or not. Like, he won you know? two years in a row. It did. Yeah, mm-hmm. he won for a cop. You know, mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. Like Mikey, do you like? Do you think he would he be helpful? Oh, I guess he would be. I guess Lombardi would be. I don't know because he was right, very right. like. I just want to talk about football, so I don't know if he'd help. I mean, in football, he'd help you. Baseball, I don't think. I think he's still got to keep Inferno. But maybe this is the play for you. Maybe you just find an expert in every sport. So you have Ooh. Inferno in baseball. You have Lombardi in football. Do you do basketball or hockey? Whatever. I, 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 I do. do basketball. I enjoy doing basketball myself still, but I'm I'm I am certainly up for a uh, for a ringer. I who mean, would I you am. Who would you try to bring in? So it can't be like the information guys because they're information guys. So they don't know like who's going to be good. Well, they would have the information. Well, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, but they, their whole point is to get it out. So they hmm. might have the information and then like. I well, have Mike, who would you rather, Mike, would you you rather have like. going to say that, that I think he's going to say that I don't know would be good. But I have I have it in my. Think of a name and tell me if it's the name that Sugats is going to say because I'm thinking of someone that he, I think he would say should help him. Right, you have the name, Mikey A? I have, I have a name in my head. Do you have a name in your head, Mikey A? I do. Okay. Uh, so I have to go first here. Well, no, I can't go first here. Well, anyone anyone that you know in the basketball circle that you think uh, you'd, you'd turn to to help you? Uh, I would go, wow. Well, I'm debating whether I go like information guys or or guys who who Coaches, are player players. evaluators. Yeah, like probably not Stan Van Gundy as much as I respect him. That's the name I had. Really? Yeah. I was thinking Legler to be That's honest. That's who I had too. Wow, Legler. Legler. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Legs. My backup was Shams. I would have a leg up on wow. the rest of the league. How about that? Shams is good. That's a good one, Mikey. <laughs> I'm surprised. Stugatz hasn't hasn't bothered him much lately. I haven't. Well, I mean, he's on a... uh... Yeah, competitor, so. (laughs) So was that, like, as soon as he signed there, was that the end of your friendship with him? No, I still text with him, um, but that was the end of the on-air friendship with him. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I liked having him on. I'm not... I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll ask and see if we can have him on again. I would go Legler, because I feel like Legler is more... Is probably more the person. God, that information is important, though. Like knowing who's playing, who's not playing. Because I can't with basketball. You never know. You do, like on a night to night basis. Certain guys are sitting out, and I keep putting them in my lineup. You know, hmm. like I'm like Kawhi sitting out again. Like what the fuck? Hmm. Uh, I go. I go Tim Legler. That's who I likes. Yeah. yeah, I love hmm. likes. I love likes. Uh, Mikey, what do you make of the Jets of the younger Jets? 
<laughs> every day Aaron Rodgers shows up for practice, and he has. He's shown up for practice. He's being a good boy, as Billy pointed out earlier in the show. But they're in awe of Aaron Rodgers. Like they, like they cannot believe this guy is on the same team as them. They can't believe that Aaron Rodgers chose their shitty organization. And I got to be honest with you, I still can't believe that Aaron Rodgers chose their shitty organization. But he did, and those kids are in awe. And I'm like, hey, move on and get over it and start playing football. Let's go. I've been I've been thinking about this a lot, and. The way I think about it, to quote one of the great philosophers of our time, Eddie Murphy, if you're in the desert and starving and somebody throws you a cracker, it's going to be the best cracker you've ever eaten in your life. The Jets have had Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco for like the last like eight years. Luke Falk. Aaron Rodgers has got to be, I mean, and he's great on top of that. But like just going from terrible to competent, must be one of the greatest things, and then you add greatness. I, I, I'm in awe of it. Uh, I am too. I'm just not certain we're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> just like your word, sure, we, he was actually going to come. No, the AFC is loaded, dude. <laughs> it's loaded. <laughs> it's loaded, and the Patriots are the worst team in the division, and that makes me happy. I didn't want to say that to Lombardi. You noticed that, right? No, it makes me happy, too. Well, listen, he took a shot. He took a shot at us. We can take a shot back. No, I know. But I'm not. I, I'm seriously not certain that the Dolphins and Bills aren't better than the Jets. <laughs> Sorry. I hate you. <laughs> I didn't do this, man. They did it to us. Yeah. Rich Coat type. Not me, right? Rich Coat type. Walt Michaels was the greatest. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Robert Sala will eclipse uh, Walt Michaels, but Walt Michaels is the greatest Jet head coach ever, right? Tim McParcells? Mm. Or Rex Ryan. It's Rex Ryan. It's definitely Rex Ryan. It's right. It, like I'm saying, better than the guy who won Super Bowl three for the Jets. <laughs> what a sad franchise. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. That's why this is so exciting to us. God bless. God bless football. God bless football. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.